0: plushcare.com slash You're
2: listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts.
0: Welcome to episode one of Blue Jays Nation Radio. I am Tyler Uremchuk, joined by Cam Lewis. First episode, coomzy. It feels good It does feel good. feels like
2: spring's right around the corner, which is always Mm -hmm. a good feeling. I don't know what the weather is like for you guys back in the Wild West, but the weather for us out here in the center of the universe is
0: gorgeous. It's been fucked today. So like in the morning, I was doing some, uh, some just prep and all that stuff, and it was snowing like hard, and now it's like 10 degrees out. So it's flipped around in like the matter. In a yeah, matter you're, of gonna,
2: you're, you're going through the uh, classic Northern Alberta fool's spring right now, where it's seventeen degrees one day, and then twelve hours later it's minus twenty six, and it's hailing, and there's thunderstorms, and there's like cats and dogs coming out of the sky, and then this and that.
0: Yeah, it's so generally that's what you guys are
2: enjoying right now, but
0: it's generally a shit uh, show.
2: We've got normal weather here, and it's cool.
0: Dome would be open today, or dome would be closed today?
2: Uh, well, no, it was raining today, ah. so the dome wouldn't be open, and. Also, the boys are in Dunedin, Florida, where it's probably plus, I don't know, they use Fahrenheit
0: down there, so I'm going to say 109. Yeah, I'm not good at the Fahrenheit conversion, so I'll agree with you and say it's 109. 109 Uh,
2: degrees right now. That's what they're dealing with.
0: (laughs) Uh, Welcome into Blue Jays Nation Radio. I'm excited. If you don't know what the pod's going to be about, um, just kind of two guys shooting the shit about your Toronto Blue Jays. And we got some exciting guests lined up for the next couple of weeks. On today's episode, we'll be chatting with Dan Zimborski. He of Fangraphs and also ESPN, the creator of Zips. And if you've been paying attention to BlueJaysNation.com, you will know that there is a ton of Zips-related content going up on the website right now. So we'll catch up with Dan here in just a couple of minutes. Uh, Before we get to that, though, every single podcast, and they are going to be dropped every single Monday throughout the season, uh, we're going to start the shows with one big topic. And today, that one big topic, because we are getting set for the season, it is what is the Blue Jays X Factor? What's What's the biggest sort of thing that will hold or determine their success this year? What is the Blue Jays X Factor? That's our one big topic, and it is brought to you by Twigandberries.ca, a Canadian clothing company. Where's their slogan? No judgment, no shaming, no fancy words, just real men. They got a ton of great products, including their very own brand, Nutsack Underwear. I have a pair cam. You need to get some yourself because they're fantastic. If you're listening to this pod and you're going, man, I want to order some stuff from Twig and Berries. It's free shipping in Canada, over a hundred bucks. And also we'll have a promo code by next episode. So that's exciting stuff as well. Twig and Berries. So wait, what, wait, wait,
2: wait. What does this underwear do? It's called what? It's called Nutsack. So I'm going to go out on a limb and assume it creates a space
0: for you to... It's very comfortable. That's what, I, that's what I'll okay. say about it. I yeah. understand. I get One it. One big topic. The Blue Jays X Factor for the season. Cam, what is your answer to that question?
2: The Blue Jays X Factor this season is making sure that all the players in the team are wearing the right underwear so they don't get chafing in between their legs when they're running the bases because that's uncomfortable.
0: Mm-hmm. Huge. It's so kind of like that Seinfeld no. episode when uh, George gets all the players in cotton or whatever. But what actually
2: the X factor is to me, and um, I think this, this, this pertains to not just the Blue Jays, but the teams they're competing with as well, because I think there's a lot of teams kind of in the same mix who could be up, could be down. Like, I think when you're looking at the Blue Jays, you could realistically convince me that they could win 75 games or 90 games. Mm-hmm. And I think the one thing that it comes down to for them is health. So if they get Remember back in 2016, they had a good season. Their pitching rotation didn't suffer a single injury. It was the same five guys pitching all the time until they acquired Francisco Liriano. And he was the sixth guy. They only had one spot start, and that was one spot start from Drew Hutchison. This year, if the Blue Jays can go through and get a clean slate of health from Hyunjin Ryu, if Bo Bichette has a full season, like Lourdes Gurriel has a full season, like these are guys who have dealt with injuries in the past. And if they put together a healthy season, I, I do think the number one X factor of those healthy players is Ryu, though. If, if, if they do have good health, then I think the Blue Jays do well. But that's that's obviously hard to imagine, given the fact that the baseball gods took a fucking shit on the Blue Jays this week. And we've seen Robbie Ray go down. George Springer's gone down. Um, Nate Pearson, that was a few weeks ago. Tom Hatch, Anthony Kay got drilled by a ball this
0: weekend. So that's five injuries in the span of like a few days. So that's a little worrying. Are you a believer that this many injuries early on is just a sign of bad things to come, and it's like a bad omen, or do you think it's just one of those completely random aspects of baseball?
2: No, I don't really believe in omens. Like, I I believe in them in the sake of like conversations when it's just like a funny, quirky thing to talk about. Mm-hmm. Like, it's fun to talk about curses and shit, but I don't <laughs> believe there's an omen here. I just believe that spring training in general is cursed, and you want to get out of the goddamn Florida slog with as little issues as possible. And I like. I mean, be, save for Kirby Yates, who's missing the whole season. That really sucks. Like the injuries for the Jays are not that bad. Like we haven't, you know, like it's not like we learned that Nate Pearson has to get Tommy John knock on wood for fuck's sakes. So you never know. It's not like Kenjin got injured. It's not like Bo's hurt, whatever. Like some nagging injuries here and there, that's life. But you know, the team's pretty deep. Like there's a lot of good players. Like they should be able to navigate around it. But I, I do think that is kind of the X factor. and And I think, I think reuse health specifically, which is a bit worrying because having followed the Dodgers for quite some time, he's not the most um,
0: durable. He's not the
2: most, yeah, not the most durable guy. He's, you know, doesn't always throw 200 innings. So it's a bit of a challenge to lean on that. So let's hope that guy has a full year because that helps.
0: Yeah. I mean, we saw last season just how much that helps as well. And the depth they have around the diamond is like, if a key player goes down, they should have the ability to make things work as long as it's not like either Ryu or like three or four key players. Like Springer going down, if he were to miss that opening series, that'd be super shitty, but like they could still run out an outfield. That's Guriel, Grichuk, Hernandez, and that did kind of get them into the playoffs last year, right? So like yeah, then- there is sort of that built-in depth on the infield as well. Like you have Semion that can move to shortstop if needed. You have Biggio who can kind of move around the diamond. Who knows if Vlad's ever going to move around the diamond this year, but like, There are so many pieces that you can slot around that one injury. And that's one of the reasons I like this team is because one injury shouldn't kill them in terms of their order. They're so deep. But you said the big one is that pitching staff.
2: Yeah, that's the one that's hard. Ryu goes down. I Mm -hmm. don't know who steps into that spot.
0: And that's where I'm going to go with my X factor. And even if Ryu doesn't go down, that rotation is the X factor to me. You know, we've seen what Stephen Matz has been able to do in spring training. We've seen how good Robbie Ray has been so far through spring training. And, you know, you're hoping at some point Nate Pearson steps into this thing, but the bottom four parts of the rotation, that's my X factor. Cause if you get decent outings out of those guys and you're finding a way to survive when Ryu's not on the Hill, then I mean, Fangraphs has not projected for 88 wins this year. If you can get above average pitching from those guys in terms of what maybe you might be projecting from them now, I think they can win more than 88 games this year. But those bottom four pieces of the rotation are going to be huge. Because if they're dog shit, this team probably won't go very far.
2: Yeah, it's true. Like, that's that's the big challenge for this team. Like, you look at it on paper and you're like, holy fuck, look at this offense. But then you're also like, oh, my God, like Tanner Rourke is pitching every fifth game. Like, Ross Stripling is going out and pitching four innings every game. Like, uh, like is Robbie Ray going to, like, you know, like, is he going to walk the world like he did last year? Or is he, <laughs> you know, had that magic Pete Walker, like, fairy dust put on him and now suddenly he's, throwing 98 miles an hour and throwing strikes. And then Stephen Matt, same thing, like magic, Pete Walker. They like, I don't know. They hang out, they talk, they vibe. And now Matt's is just feeling cool. And like, that's sick. Like, let's hope that Pete Walker waves his wand and makes these guys good. Like they used to be.
0: If you had to bet on one of Matt's or Ray, which one do you think will have a better season or which one do you think maybe has the best upside for this year? I'd go with Ray because he has the track record. Like it's easy to
2: forget that Robbie Ray finished, I think third in Cy Young voting in 2017. Like that was not that long ago. Like, you know, there's, there's teams out there. The the Giants signed Aaron Sanchez to a contract this year based on what he did in 2016. So like Robbie Ray was good more recently than that. And we've all seen Ray in spring this year. Like he looks sick. Like
0: the velocity's up and that's a good sign.
2: And he, he also looks sick, like he looks good, like he wears high socks, like he has a really good aesthetic, he looks like a cool guy. And it's like, you know, when you see a guy that looks like that, looking sharp on the mound, you're like, fuck yeah, like this, this guy could lead a rotation. And I respect
0: that. And the grunts too, right? We're excited to yeah, hear that's, those that's again that's on a lot the broadcast. I, I like seeing that, but I,
2: I, only if the guy's doing well, though, like if it's Tanner Roark out there grunting and making noise, like doing his diesel engine noises and shit. And you're like, <laughs> I don't want to hear that. That's weird. But if Robbie is you... doing it, like, this is, yeah,
0: that's cool. You had a great line in one of your radio hits recently about uh, Tanner Rourke and his fucking diesel engine that was pretty much just being used to throw batting practice last year. Yeah. And
2: uh, I, I cannot believe he came out and made that, <laughs> made that analogy about himself. Like you just set yourself up to be made fun of until the oh, end yeah. of
0: time. Uh, but yeah, that's where I'm going to go with, uh, with my X factors, just those bottom four parts of the rotation. And in a way that does sort of tie into the bullpen as well. You mentioned the Kirby Yates injury, and I want to go there next as we move through potential X factors. Do you think there's a chance that like one, of like I'll just ask you about Romano specifically right now. Is there a chance we see like a big step forward from Jordan Romano? Could he become like a bonafide solid ninth inning guy for them? Or do you think it's just going to be all year of rotating through guys and just trying to do it by committee?
2: I think it's going to be a thing by committee, to be honest with you. Like that's what we saw last year, right? Like, Mm
0: -hmm. They started
2: off and it was Anthony Bass he was the veteran like you know he was kind of a grizzled guy on the staff older like could handle that pressure and then he kind of flamed out a bit lost his velocity and then Raphael Dolis came in he had some experience pitching in Japan he closed some games for two years there two or three years there and then you know it was a little bit wobbly he's you know doesn't always throw that many strikes kind of you know a bit of a problem there and then Romano was saving some games here and there like there's a lot of really good arms in the Blue Jays' bullpen. Like, I, I don't think this is going to be a traditional pitching staff at all. Like, I think we're going to see something kind of akin to what the Tampa Bay Rays do, which is where we see a lot of opener two innings, mm-hmm. uh, bulk guy four innings, reliever two innings, like this, that. Like, you bring in your bullpen ace, and it's not so much a closer. Your bullpen ace comes in. Maybe it's in the seventh inning, and that's the key spot in the game. You bring in, okay, Jordan Romano is the guy right now uh there's bases loaded one out seventh inning we're up by one run that's your save situation right there it's not necessarily the ninth inning we're going to see a very kind of i guess the word is fluid abstract pitching staff this year charlie montoyo and the algorithm or whoever it is that makes decisions are going to be lots of lots of lots of interesting things with pitching
0: Looking at that current group that's assembled there, I asked you the question in the pitching in the starting rotation sort of between Ray and Matt's who might have the most upside there. If I were to ask you that about the bullpen, who is it there? Like, I'm really intrigued to see what a guy like Julian Merriweather can do this year coming out of the pen especially because you mentioned it, they're doing a lot of like bulk things where he could potentially come in and be handling like three, four innings. I think a step forward from him would be really, really exciting. But is there one guy in that bullpen who you, who you think could maybe take a step forward this year and really sort of surprise us with what they end up doing? I was
2: going to mention Merriweather. That, yeah. that that really is the name. Like that guy, staff's out of control, but I have a sinking suspicion. I don't know if I want to say it's sinking, but it just... It is kind of a suspicion. I kind of think Nate Pearson's going to be that guy. I I, I know we all want, and it's the same conversation we have with Sanchez too, yeah. right? Like remember Sanchez was eighth inning guy in 2015. He was great. Then he was starting and we all wanted to see him start, but then it just wasn't working out. And like, I do, I don't know if it's just me being pessimistic, but I have this worry that Pearson's never going to be able to fully stretch himself out to that six inning, seven inning, eighth starter you want. And I kind of have a feeling that he's just going to become this 100 inning bullpen, Andrew Miller weapon. And that might be something we see him get into this year. This team, I don't know if that's, that's forever, yeah. but that's something that I I, I wouldn't be shocked if you saw it. Like I'd love to be wrong, but that's just, that's just kind of a thought.
0: Well, if, like it's, it's just so hard to tell because there's so much upside there and you almost desperately need someone who can pitch right behind Ryu, And you're hoping that, Fucking Nate Pearson can find a way to put it all together, stay healthy this year. But you're right. Like, is it almost the safer play just to go fuck, keep him in the pen? Let's try to get a hundred, like you said, a hundred good innings out of him in the bullpen and play it safe this year before maybe you try again 12 months from now to like really stretch him out next spring. But it's an interesting idea because I don't think it's like, like some people might the headlines from that might be like, Oh, Pearson can't get into the rotation. They're burying him in the bullpen, but like there's legitimate value to be had. in a guy like that, a la Sanchez in 2015 who can just stay in that spot and give you solid outs at important times in a ball game.
2: Yeah. That's exactly like we saw, like remember 2016 ALCS, like Andrew Miller, like Mm -hmm. no, Andrew Miller couldn't go out. And, and I'm not saying Pearson's Andrew Miller right now, you know, Andrew Miller was, you know, in his thirties at the time, bit of a different situation, whatever. But Andrew Miller in the, in that year like he would he gave Cleveland so many options cuz you could have a guy come out and pitch a 3 inning start and then he would bridge you from that to the back of your bullpen and that was that was unreal. He came out and did that like every second day and he was just out of control, good. So like honestly like if you get that out of Pearson, just the way pitching's moving and the way it's becoming more fluid and we're just getting away from five-man staffs and closers and there aren't like, you know, the good teams, like look at the Dodgers, look at the Rays, like none of those teams have like junk guys in their pitching rotation. Everyone's good. Like everyone, everyone can come out and everyone can record outs. like maybe some guys can go longer than others, but you know, it's, it's a different thing. Like it's not, it's, it's not your standard. It's not your standard anymore. It's just a completely new thing. And I think that's something interesting to follow and watch for this year. Cause I, I do believe like the Blue Jays really do copy what the Rays do a lot like Charlie Montoyo's your manager, right? Like he's a Tampa Bay Rays guy. And that's a big reason why I think they brought him in is because they're trying to execute that Tampa Bay Rays style strategy. And that's kind of what I'm thinking we're going to see this year.
0: Be real interesting. Uh, you mentioned the Tampa Bay Rays there. Uh, right now, Fangraphs has them projected for 84 wins. They have the Red Sox at 85 and they have the Blue Jays at 88. Um, we're going to get into that with Dan Zimborski here from uh, Fangraphs. He's going to dig into sort of Basically, we're gonna go through every team in the American League with him. Ah, uh, for you, looking sort of at that AL East. Obviously, we know the Yankees are the top dog, but between the Red Sox and Rays, which one of those concerns you more from a Jay's perspective? The Rays
2: easily. Like, I'm still not even confident that the Yankees are heads and tails better than the Rays. Like, okay, I think I have Rays PTSD. Like, I I saw them. Yeah, they got rid of Blake Snell. They, they lost Charlie Morton to free agency. Like, we've seen that dance before. Yeah, it happens all the time, right? Remember when they traded Chris Archer and everybody was like, why would you do that? And then it turns out Chris Archer's bad and everybody else they got back is really good. It's like, why would you ever make a trade with the Tampa Bay Rays for fuck's sakes? Like, they never lose trades. Like... What's going to happen is, I don't know, we're going to wake up a week from now and Blake Snell's not going to know how to throw anymore in San Diego when the six guys they got back from San Diego are all going to be MVP candidates. That's just the way it goes for the yeah. Rays. They're, they're weird. It's frustrating. I don't like it. But that's who <laughs> concerns me the most in the American League East, honestly.
0: I love how like you trade away Chris Archer. He's fucking brutal. They re-sign him now when he's brutal. <laughs> Google Chris Archer in the headlines. Rays Chris, Ar- Chris Archer shows off changed up, change up. Of Sharp course. again like, in Wednesday outing. That's what they do. Like, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Like, they, uh, it sucks.
2: It's jarring. It's weird. I'm sick of that team. It's weird. Move them to Montreal. Put them in the National League for fuck's sakes. Just
0: get it over with. Just get the time to organization out of here. Think of it. Uh, let's get some takes now on uh, those other teams in the AL and who could maybe be competing with the Blue Jays for a card spot, who could be winning the divisions, all that good stuff. And uh, here's our chat with Dan Zimborski of Fangraphs. All right. On Blue Jays Nation Radio, we have our first ever guest. I don't think we even told Dan Zimborski that he's our first ever guest. But Dan, welcome to the podcast. We're excited to get your take on the American League here. Hey, guys. How are things? Fantastic. Um, Before we get into things, I want to talk a little bit about yourself and uh, the Zips projection for someone who's maybe never heard of it. Can you walk us through sort of the history of it and what it's all about?
1: Well, I could probably go on for about an hour about it, but it would probably be an unpopular hour after listening to me drone on nonstop on a very dry subject. But I developed computer projections called Zips uh, in the early 2000s, uh, based kind of on the, the sabermetric knowledge that existed at the time. Uh, this, the executive summary is that it takes a player's past, establishes a baseline using both their stats and things like Statcast data. It's, advanced data etc uh tries to pinpoint where they are and then tries to get an estimate of where they're going by by comparing them to large groups of similar players in history uh and you know it's predicting the figure is very inaccurate but the idea is just kind of kind of peer through the fog just a little bit and i you know it's 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 grown a lot over the years uh we, we, there's a lot more data available than there was in 2003. Uh, so there's a lot more things you could do, a lot more computing power. I was on a Pentium 4, I think, at the time. Uh, so that's pretty much what it is. It's a computer projection. It does some things well, it does some things not so well. And that's just,
0: it is what it is. Perfect. Well, I think uh, we're going to jump right into the projections here. And uh, Cam, you want to take it away for rapid fire? Right. So I'll explain kind of the
2: idea I had to get you to explain the American League. So what we're going to do is we're going to have a little one minute rapid fire segment for the 10 teams in the American League who are non-American League East teams. So we've got our, you know, other random teams that Toronto Blue Jays fans probably don't know all too well. We only see them six, seven, maybe eight times a year, not particularly relevant, but they might be in the picture for us come September, hopefully, if all things go well when we're talking about the wildcard race. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna put you on the clock for one minute and I'm gonna to toss you a team and you just give us kind of their upside, their downside, just kind of a general overview, what you expect from that team. Now, and if the, if if the minute
1: elapses and I'm not done, does something bad happen to me? If you so,
0: want, we can have something ready to go sound wise. Absolutely. Okay, okay, like nice
1: I, I, I think there should be a punishment involved because absolutely you have you have to make a timer consequences.
2: <laughs> so what do you think? What's like an, what's like a realistic bad thing we can do to you for messing with our clock? What what do you think is a reasonable punishment?
1: I that I haven't considered.
2: Uh, Tyler, what do you think? How would you I, I got this more? ready to go? I got this ready to go.
0: <laughs> well no.
1: Okay. That works. And it's okay. psychological punishment. We didn't prepare okay. like, you know, like spiders or something. I, I don't know if I'd come on the show if you guys no. had spiders like a, above my my desk waiting to dump them on me. Yeah,
2: I'm going to come to your home and just like dump like a bucket of like <laughs> cold ice water on you if you go over. I'm just, just going to be there in a few minutes. So just, just, just wait up. Absolutely. But anyway, so we're going to start off with I've compiled three teams who I consider to be junk teams. I have the Kansas City Royals, the Seattle Mariners, and the Detroit Tigers. That's who I kind of consider... To be just kind of like bad American league teams. So you got one minute. Tell us about just those three teams. Is there any upside there? Anything interesting? Anything that a fan of the Toronto Blue Jays would want to know. Okay, about?
1: Royals, Tigers, Rangers, did you say? Royals, Tigers, and Mariners. Oh, Mariners, I'm sorry. Uh okay. Okay, the Royals, I mean, they're mildly interesting. They do have they did they did add some some names this off season. They added, you know, Benintendi, they added uh, santana they they could go 500 but I don't really think they have much upside depends on how the young pitching does I don't really see them as a playoff contender so I'm not even sure I'd put him in the trash team necessarily uh the the Tigers the offense is still going to be lousy I don't really see a huge upside for that offense this year the pitching is starting to get interesting but you still we still don't know about Casey Mize. they missed a year of development and that was a pretty big deal uh the Mariners again they, they are interesting uh you know you have ke you have Lewis you have uh maybe you you get a, a, a better year from from Evan White. Uh, he has good power, but I think they're still several years off.
2: Well that was a that was definitely within a minute. that was very yeah. impressive. You, uh, you you bombed through that. So yeah, I
1: probably talked a little too quickly, but you know, but the these clock. teams
2: are also, complete ass so like there's only so much you can really say about i
1: actually that. think the rangers might be worse than any of these three teams really well that's yeah. great to
2: know because if there's one thing that toronto blue jays fans do not like it is the texas rangers so when we get to them on our list feel free to absolutely torch them
1: <laughs> okay well what, what i'm i there's probably a story that i completely forgot about but what's the background for that
2: think uh think about the best bat flip in major league baseball oh history.
1: okay 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 yeah <laughs> you know you know yeah, yeah we I, still
2: uh I don't know why we still hold on to it, but we do. We, 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 we have a, a big beef with the Rangers. We also really hate the
1: Royals too, for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I grew up uh, when I was a kid, I didn't like the blue Jays because sorry, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm from Baltimore okay. and I was born in 1978. So I was 11 in 1989 uh, during the Orioles. Why not year? And at that point it was the blue Jays that were kind of the Orioles rival. Uh, and then there was the year that, that Mike be we I went to the all-star game and they didn't, him in Baltimore and and uh I actually grumbled a bit to Cito Gaston about that like 10 years ago <laughs> so you you're you're an Orioles guy then yeah yeah I mean I don't really I'm, have any
2: I'm so sorry hatred I, I... for
1: anything and I'm not really you know at this point like someone's like oh, I hate that team except maybe the Yankees but uh so oh, yeah, but, but so that's kind of a lapse but I grew up a, a, a Jays disliker Interesting.
2: Do you still, do you still feel that way about the blue Jays? Because if, if you do, no, I'm they're gonna... fine.
1: no, I, I don't really hate things very much anymore.
2: Cause if there's any zips projections that are negative about blue Jays players, I'm going to chalk it up to you being a biased, jealous <laughs> Baltimore Orioles. Player.
1: Well, I, I projected the Yankees to be the best team in the American league. And trust me, I did not want that result.
0: <laughs> no kidding.
1: So if, right. if there's no, if, that should be the evidence that there's no thumb on the scale that I, I look positively on the Blue Jays. I mean, uh well, I did look positively on the Blue Jays, but on the uh on the Yankees.
2: So you heard it you heard her here first because the New York Yankees are projected as a great team by zips. Zips is objective. Blue Jays fans <laughs> do not worry that this Baltimore Orioles fan is coming to shit on our guys. Don't worry, it's totally objective.
1: But I don't think anyone hates the Orioles anymore. They're not really worth hating. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. the impression I get. It's like who hates the it, Orioles? It's hard it's like- to
2: it's hard to, it's hard to have like a, a full-on opinion about the Orioles. It's like at this point, you feel you i just, hate john I, means yeah like i hate oh like i, I don't john know like means. oh geez like i'd like to see chris davis do even worse for some reason like i'm a psychopath like
1: <laughs> yeah i think it's crueler at this point to have him play
2: so though um when uh my favorite baltimore Orioles moment was the zach Britton moment of course when he wasn't pitching and Ooh. Ah, well, I'm not going to bring that up for you. I'm sure that's a painful <laughs> memory. Like, ah, there's no need for yeah. that. Yeah,
1: well, well, you know, when you have a Balu Jimenez past his prime on the mound, you have to stick with him.
2: Yeah, good moments, good times, good times for us. Anyways, so just to complete the junk teams, my Kansas City, Seattle, and Detroit, do you see any situation in which any of those three teams is better than the Blue Jays this year? Do they have that upside?
1: I think when you talk about upside, I think when you talk from like the actual roster I, I don't see them being better than the Jays. Uh, now, are there enough bad things that could happen to the teams to make it flip that that's possible, but it would require like a lot of unpleasant situations for the Jays. It would be like, you know, Ryu goes on the Tommy John surgery and Vladimir Guerrero discovers that he likes to eat Brazilian barbecue <laughs> or Brazilian steakhouse every night. And he puts on the double the weight. I mean, things like that could be, conceivably put them below the royals i mean it's within the realm of possibility but i think it's pretty improbable for any of those teams to win more games than the jays
2: okay good that's what i like to hear because i don't want to live in a planet in which the kansas city royals are again better than the toronto blue jays i've had enough of that in my life i'm (laughs) still not over 2015 i don't like it so moving along to the central division we have first team up you get one minute to explain the upside of the Chicago White Sox, the downside, what you expect from this team. They hired Tony La Russa as their manager this offseason. That's really weird. They this have an interesting weird. team. Yeah, like cool, fun guys. And Tony La Russa, I don't know if he's a cool or fun guy.
1: So that's kind of a strange mix. But let us know what you think about the Chicago White Sox. Well, the White Sox, they do have a, a very good starting rotation. It's a top five rotation probably, and they have good depth. Uh, one of the, the pluses they have this time around is that some of their guys that they had, you know, three or four in, in in the rotation are now actual plan Bs, and that was kind of a problem. You you don't want to be in a position where you're, you know, relying on some of the pitches that they had in recent years. Uh, now, right now, Michael Kopech is, is a backup option that they hope will – Recover this year. Uh, Garrett Crochet is an option. Uh, so the pitching staff is is very good. They're t- the bullpen's not quite as good as it looked because of some injuries. Uh, the offense, it could be okay, but it's very shallow. And I think the injury to Ilo Jimenez is kind of exposing exposing kind of the shallowness they had to rely on Andrew Vaughn uh, to to play this year, and he hasn't been above a ball. That they that they don't have a real plan B for Jimenez or anyone really. Uh, so it's a team that could win ninety, but a lot could happen, especially and then they might have trouble scoring runs.
2: Right. So you, they're 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 kind of a similar team to the Blue Jays in that they're like very boom bust, right? Like a lot could go wrong, but a lot could also go right.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's fair. I think the White Sox are probably have a deeper plan B's for the rotation than the Jays. And like I like the Jays backup offense situation better than the White Sox, but I probably feel similar to them when we're talking about, you know, high eighties, low nineties.
2: Right. So this will be a difficult cool one to answer, obviously. But do you think the White and Sox I, are better than the Jays?
1: I wouldn't say that. I think, I mean, they could be better. They could be worse. I think they're fairly equivalent. I I mean, our our estimations of the future aren't so accurate that you can say like a team that you project like one win better or one win worse is really anything but yeah. the same tier. So yeah. I, I'd put them as, as similar. The White Sox, of course, I think have a natural baseline of a few more wins than the Jays simply because the division is much worse. Uh, for for the white the White Sox, it's just the right. weaker division, mm-hmm. uh, so I think that'll cost the Jays a couple of games relative to the White Sox. Uh, but if 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 the Jays won say eighty eight games and the White Sox won ninety games, given the difference in the division, I'd say that the Jays technically won more games. Uh, so I, th- but overall, I think they're fairly similar teams in in overall strength.
2: Cool. So next up. In the Central Division, we have the Minnesota Twins. Let us know the the ups and downs of the Twins and what to expect there.
1: The Twins, I like quite a bit. They're a very well-rounded team. Uh, their depth is pretty decent everywhere. Uh, I would have liked to see Kirilov start with the team, and I think that's a mistake. Uh, but they they're, they're, their pitching staff is kind of sneaky good. Uh, Maeda was really excellent in his, his first season in the uh in, in, in the AL. And Hap is a good inning eater. I mean, no one gets excited about Jay Hap, but he <laughs> eats innings, and that's kind of what they need. The The bullpen is, is, is pretty solid. I like Taylor Rogers a lot. Uh, and they do have some guys who have had injury problems that have some significant upside. We still haven't gotten that huge, huge season from Miguel Sano that a lot of people thought power-wise. He, I mean, a 50-home run season for him wouldn't sound crazy, uh, but he'd have to stay healthy. And of course, Byron Buxton, who seems to get injured every year, where the Twins decide to devote him after a slump. Uh, I think the team has a lot of upside. I think that they possibly have, they're possibly a more stable team than the White Sox, but the White Sox do have some younger players. Uh, so they're, they're a more stable team and probably in the same range as the White Sox and Jays.
2: Right. So it's so a similar, similar answer to last time, not really better than the Jays, not really worse. Same kind of, same kind of cohort there.
1: Yeah, I, I, I would say so.
2: Gotcha. And then final team in the American League Central, Mark Shapiro's favorite team in Major League Baseball, of course, Cleveland.
1: What are your thoughts on the Cleveland baseball team? Well, they have Shane Bieber, which is a good thing because Shane Bieber is a serious Cy Young candidate. Uh, But the picture's not a lot thinner. They've lost a lot of guys in the last few years. It's hard to bleed off Bauer and Carrasco and Clevenger and not be worse. Uh, And they are worse. They, They might be able to pack together a rotation for what they have, but I think that if an injury or two hits, it could go south pretty quickly. Uh, the outfield is pretty lousy. Uh, they still haven't really done that much to repair it. Uh, Jose Ramirez is still a legitimate MVP candidate. And the pickups for the Mets uh, uh, in, in the Lindor trade, they don't have like a huge upside, but they are decent. And you do have a good starting you know, middle infield there. Uh, but I, I think this it's a very 500 team. They're probably better than the Royals, but I'm – but unless, you know, odd things happen, they're probably worse than the, the White Sox and Twins.
2: Right, that's not surprising, because it really does seem like Cleveland doesn't have a hell of a lot of interest in winning. They keep getting rid of guys. Yeah, German losing Lindor
1: is huge. and Yeah,
2: so you put them as beneath the Blue Jays then? Oh, absolutely. Nice, yes, That's uh, that's exciting to hear. Anyways, we'll now jump to the American League West, and as you said earlier, you think the Texas Rangers are really bad, and Blue Jays fans, as I said, love to hear negative things about the Texas <laughs> Rangers. So go ahead and spend a minute taking a dump on the Texas.
1: Rangers. <laughs> well, think about the Rangers is I don't know how they're going to score runs. You look at the lineup and, you know, outside of Joey Gallo, it's pretty just awful. Uh, I, I think Nate Lowe uh, does is interesting. He was one of the guys that, you uh, a stack has keeps track of something they call the sweet spot. I think it's between like eight and 32 degrees and Lowe had something like the, like a top 10 slugging percentage when he hit a ball like that, but he's a very inconsistent hitter still. So I think there's some power upside for him, but you look at that lineup. I mean, Guzman and, and Odor and David Dahl's been up and down and was in cores. And I'm not really sure about Kiner-Falefa starting off. I think they're just going to, I think they're probably the worst offense in the AL Uh, the rotation. I mean it could be okay, but it's a lot of ifs. I mean, uh is their or Fultonavitch, you never say his name? I never get that right, but I know <laughs> a fellow Polak, I should get his name right, but I just call, that's why I, that's why everyone calls him Fulty. Uh, he he's their third starter, and after last year, I don't know that you really want him to be. It's a lousy team. They're probably the worst in the AL. Perfect. Even so in the Orioles.
2: That's exactly. The reverse in the Orioles, really? You
1: sure? I think so.
2: A little bit of homerism from. Well,
1: some part? of that is the division too. Yeah. The Orioles will look worse. Oh yeah. There's a, there's a few games difference.
2: They might not win a single game this year. Is that accurate?
1: <laughs> they'll, they'll win <laughs> a few.
0: Just. Some,
1: they'll win some games.
2: Okay. Fair enough. So we'll stay within Texas, and talk about a team that again many people don't like which is the Houston Astros. So now they've kind of cracked down. They're not, you know, they're not banging on the trash can quite as much. They might not be (laughs) quite as good, but they were, they damn well almost went to the world series last year. They were, you know, still pretty good. So tell me about the Houston Astros. What's their, what's their
1: upside here? Are they still a contending team, even though they don't know what pitch is coming their way? Well, well, the lineup is very dangerous still, especially when you have, you know, when they stay healthy, because, you know, you have a lineup, you know, of Altuve and Bregman and Correa and a return of Jordan Alvarez and Kyle Tucker and whoever I forgot, probably Michael Brantley. Uh, that is a good offense. Uh, the problem is the, the, the pitching staff. They already lost from Valdez. They've, you know, Justin Verlander is already gone for the year. After Granke and McCullers, there are a lot of questions in that rotation. And that gives the team some significant downside. Uh, it's going to probably keep them from being, you know, a 95 win team this year. They're probably probably in that same tier as the White Sox and the Jays, kind of a 90 win team. But I think there's a lot of variability with the Astros, depending on just how well they can patch together uh, the rotation. Uh, if it stays together, it could be a 95 win team. But, you know, if if the gets injured, which has happened not too long ago or or something happens to Granky, his just change up starts loop stops looping the way it has then I think that they'd be in a little bit of trouble. So they're a very volatile 90-win team. Interesting. So
2: I'll put an equal sign next to them and say kind of in the same category as your Minnesota, your White Sox, similar similar kind of vibe to the Blue Jays. So upside, but a lot of also risk for things could go to shit. And then we will travel west into California and talk about one of the sadder situations in the American League, which is Mike Trout being <laughs> lost in the middle of nowhere in Anaheim, this team may or may not ever make the playoffs. They made it, you know, once with him on the team in 2013, I think it was. And since then, they've just they're just wasting this guy's career. So, what do we think? Can the Anaheim Angels or the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim make the playoffs this year? And we can finally see Mike Trout play meaningful baseball.
1: I think the division is weak enough that they could. Um, they would have to have some things go right. The problem with the Angels is you have Mike Trout. And when you have Mike Trout, your challenge is to build an 80 win team around Mike Trout and they're a wealthy team. So with lots of money and Mike Trout, they couldn't, you know, build an 80 win team around Mike Trout, which is just baffling beyond belief. Most and mostly they don't even come close to that. Mostly they're an 80 team, 80 win team when they already have Mike Trout on the lineup. Uh, it's, it's 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 a bad it's a poorly run organization long term. I think ownership has to do with it. But. They do have good frontline talent, but the problem is they have a lot of guys in the lineup who they're just kind of hanging on to. Justin Upton has been really good in years. Albert Pujols is essentially playing for milestones. He's been one of the worst players in baseball for a long time. The pitching is they, they never really have a true ace or even a number two guy. Maybe he needs that. Maybe I'm being too mean, uh, but they, they have a lot of injuries and not a lot of depth. And the bullpen is okay. It's just kind of an uninspiring team to put around Mike Trout. And it really feels like, hey, why didn't they get, you know, George Springer? Why didn't they go after, you know, they should have outbid for Trevor Bauer if they could have. Uh, I mean, Trevor Bauer is kind of douchey, but mm-hmm. he's a he's a terrific picture. Yeah. So the Angels are kind of there, but they'll need some help. Right. So you, you, you wouldn't see a situation in which this team is better than the Blue Jays this year.
2: Unless Mike Trout goes nuclear and he puts up like. Just, the, you know, like, there's no way, right?
1: This I, team's think that, bad. I think the Angels are a worse roster than the Blue Jays, but I think that scenarios in which they won more than the Blue Jays are a little more – or a bit more plausible than some of the other teams. I mean, I'm thinking like an 84-to-86 win team, and sometimes the 84-to-86 win team will win 92 games or something. Right. Uh, it, it, they would need the pitching staff. I think a lot relies on Otani because if Otani can stay healthy pitching – that adds a significant arm and someone who could be a legitimate ace. Right. So he's, kind of, he's he's the X factor in a lot of ways because he's, you know, he's also one of the key members of their offense, too. Uh, but if something happened to Otani, they lose a picture and the 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 hitter, possibly. Yeah,
2: I'm looking forward to the day where we actually see Shohei Otani pitching and hitting. Well, it, it would be extremely cool to see yeah. that.
1: Yeah, I'm really worried that we're like one significant injuries from them throwing in the towel on him as a pitcher. So it's like, please stay healthy because we want to see this wonderful magic happen. Yeah, it'd be cool.
2: It'd be insanely cool. And then finally, finishing off the American League West, we're going to travel up north to Moneyball's favorite team, the Oakland Athletics. They put a team on the field that cost them $17 and <laughs> they win games. I don't know. I don't really understand it. Like last year, it was their bullpen was unreal and, Pretty good offense, hitting dingers, this and that. Are the Oakland Athletics still a good team? They lost Liam Hendricks, lost uh, Marcus Semien to the Blue Jays. Are they are they still the best team
1: in the West? Are they good? Like, what's going on there? I'd probably put it a little, like, slightly. I'd put it between that. Let's just say the Astros and the Angels. I think they're, like, an, like an 86 to 89 win team with, like, average luck. Because, you know, they're they're a pretty stable team. They do have good depth because they are good at picking up these kinds of role players who can play bigger roles when something bad happens. I think Oakland's floor is pretty high, uh, but I, I don't know how high that ceiling really is. Uh, Cause I mean, Mac Chapman's already, you know, playing at his best. I mean, not so much in 2020, uh, but in you know, 2019, they, ha- they have a solid infield. Uh, Luzardo could be a Cy Young candidate in the future. Uh, the, the team is fairly deep, but they don't really have a ton of star talent. Uh, like when you talk about, you know, the outfield, maybe I'm being a little mean to Loriana, I guess you could call him a borderline star. Um, it's, it's a good team. I'd uh, probably put him a hair behind, you know, that White Sox, Jays mess I guess mess is kind of mean. Just you know, the clump. I'm right. of those days. I'm going to yeah, put yeah.
2: an X next to your name, and I'm going to put
1: you on the record saying the Blue Jays are better than the Athletics. Okay, but I'm but it <laughs> it would, it's one of those things where it's like set. Let's say like sixty five thirty five that yeah. the A's win right. more games or the Fair Jays enough. win more games. Excuse me.
2: But it's been set in stone that the Zips projections say the Blue Jays <laughs> are better than the Athletics, <laughs> okay. and that's what you said. So that's what well, we're I don't gonna... have
1: the final Zips up yet, but that's that's what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, so I can't in the computer because. Uh, my my tradition is whenever Zips is wrong, I, I blame Carson Cistuli. I mean, he doesn't even work for Fangrass for for with with the Jays, but uh, I still blame him for everything. That's still like the standard operating procedure.
0: Dan, first off, great work making it through that gauntlet of American League talk. It was like drinking out of a fire hose of baseball information, and that is a compliment to you, sir. Uh, Just moving on now, let's just talk generally a little bit about the AL East here. You know, we kind of figure Baltimore is going to be on the lower end of things, then Boston probably, you know, higher than them, but maybe not on the level of the Rays and Jays. What do you make of how things might play out here in the AL East this season?
1: I, I think the Yankees are the favorite. I don't think they're the favorite by as much maybe in some past years. Uh, you look at the Yankees, and uh, we're not on the one-minute clock, are we, anymore? No, no, no. You're okay. good.
2: You can let oh, it You roll. can say, say whatever you want. About uh,
1: okay, because we I, 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 we didn't hear that buzzer at all. And I want <laughs> everyone who's listening to remember that.
2: Yeah, it's true. You, were, you, you did were a all great over, job. All
1: over the, the internal clock you have is excellent. Uh, the Yankees, the rotation, it could be really good. They they do have a lot of guys who are very interesting. Uh uh uh, Jordan Montgomery, he there's a lot to like about his record. Corey Kluber, I'm a little unsure if he hasn't been sharp, his velocity's down, but I mean there there's still some upside there. They have you know Tyone, they have it's it's an interesting rotation. Uh, but it's also a rotation in which pretty much everyone but Garrett Cole has had significant injuries in recent years. And when you've had pitchers who have been injured a lot, they tend to be injured a lot. And you start losing like three or four pitchers. And I think that, that it, it looks pretty bleak for the Yankees quickly from a pitching standpoint. And that would take them back back to the pack pretty quickly. I think this team has the most upside of any in the, in the AL East. And if everything went right, I think they are the best team in the AL East and really the AL. But they're they're vulnerable. It's not, you know, an, an iron padlocked certainty that they will win the division. So I see the Yankees kind of as that. Then I see the Jays and the Rays kind of in that next tier. As I, I think they're both, you know, around 90 win teams somewhere. You know, the 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 little bits of luck and bad luck during the season will determine kind of what happens. I think both teams will probably be aggressive at the trade deadline. Uh, I Fangraphs, our projections really like the Red Sox I'm not so sure because Zips tends to take a foggier look at the Red Sox uh, I, I'm not quite sure what that difference is I think it's kind of the way we deal with depth. Uh, Zips will fill in, will estimate a picture or a hitter is injured and fill in the backups uh, in, a, in a different way than we do. I don't actually run that part of the site I look at the Red Sox rotation and, and it concerns me. I, I like the offense. The offense is probably going to be fine, even though they've lost their whole outfield in the last few years, but uh, the, the rotation, I mean, and Rodriguez, he was, you know, was sick he had serious case of COVID. I think the most serious yeah. of any major league player. Uh, so he, he essentially lost a year. And then at the top of the rotation, you have Martin Perez, who I don't have a problem uh, he, he, with him as like a fifth starter but I think they're really counting on him. Right. You don't uh, want
0: that to be your ace.
1: Yeah. All. I mean, they're counting on Garrett Richards and Garrett Richards has, because of his injuries, he has a worse attendance record than like me in like morning classes in college. Right. Uh, which, which I just say was, was pretty bleak. <laughs> uh, I dropped a lot of eight and 9am classes because it wasn't happening. Uh, It almost seems
2: like the Red Sox, they're like, okay, we're going to score a bunch of runs, but we don't want to win any games, so we're going to throw these guys out there that allow a lot of runs, and it's going to be kind of fun to watch, but they're going to lose a whole bunch of games. It's kind of what it seems like they're doing.
1: Yeah, they could, because, I mean, the hope, of course, is Chris Sale comes back and rescues them, but when Chris Sale is talking like his goal for 2021 is to pitch at some point. That doesn't really, that's not the most, that doesn't know, inspire you. Yeah. You're like, Oh, I'm going to do this at some point. Like, Oh wow. I'm excited now.
2: That's a, yeah, that's an, that's an ugly look for the Red Sox. And then you've, you finally got your Baltimore Orioles here. Like,
1: is there, is there anything good there? Anything not, at all? They're not good yet, but they're becoming interesting. Okay. Uh, the picture I really find interesting uh, is John means uh, the thing about John means is, uh, when he when he was in the All-Star game, you know, in his rookie season, was he in the All-Star game or was he just? A,
0: yeah, he was. He made it a okay, I want to make sure I'm not losing my mind. Yeah, that um, happened.
1: But he was kind of a soft toss junk thrower. His, his, his peripherals, his FIP was way above his ERA, his ex-FIP. And it didn't feel like it was very sustainable. And he, he regressed a lot last year, just stat wise. But the thing was, is he picked up a lot of velocity. I don't think people noticed it. Uh, He was actually hitting uh, at points during last season. He was hitting 95, 96 with his fastball. John means was, and that was a significant bump Uh, and down the stretch. And in in fact, one of those games was, was against the blue Jays. He struck out 30 guys in his last 23 innings, uh, 16% swinging strike rate in, in those last four games, which were pretty, went pretty deep into the games. So, that interests me. And I think the Orioles are kind of in that phase where they're just looking at interesting players to see what happens. Like Matt Harvey. Matt Harvey is has been pretty awful. And I'm not optimistic about Matt Harvey. But he was throwing 93-94. He was better in the spring after his first mess of a start. And the Orioles shouldn't be, you know, signing veterans that, like, to be league average players, they should be taking flyers on players like that, throwing things at the wall and seeing what sticks. So the Orioles are going to be lousy, but they'll be fun lousy. They'll be interesting lousy. So they like,
2: won't be the same automatic win for these American League teams, the American League East teams that they have been the past kind of like couple of years. You no, I mean be a little they were better than that.
1: They were a little surprising last year, but I think that was probably a mirage. But they're they're fun bad like an 80s movie is fun, bad, like a bad 80s <laughs> movie is fun, bad, as opposed to the Rangers who are bad, like in the way, like a direct to DVD sequel <laughs> to a popular movie is bad. Awesome. Like, uh, like, like one of those substitute movies with like treat Williams as the substitute, <laughs> Uh like, you know, you know, when we're like, you know, yeah, yeah. major league five, back to the triple a or whatever i i don't think they made it that far and like you know all the guys you remember are gone like you know there's no more charlie sheen we don't even not only is there no wesley snipe there's no more omar apps we have you know maybe judge reinhold
2: but what you do have also is john means and that's <laughs> yeah. extremely
1: exciting so that so, so the orioles are, are fun bad and the rangers are sad bad
0: all right I I like that that. analogy. Uh, Dan, this was a ton of fun, man. We really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed you sort of filling in the blanks around the Blue Jays for us for this upcoming season. We'd love to have you on again uh, throughout the year to maybe break down a few things. Sure, I'd be happy to. Thanks for having me on, guys. All right, there you go. That was Dan Zimborski of Fangraphs. Coombsy, some good stuff there. You put him through the ringer in terms of uh, the rapid fire there with the other teams in the AL, but it gave us a bit of a picture of what maybe we should expect coming up this year.
2: That did. Dan is uh, so ridiculously knowledgeable. It's so impressive to talk to a dude like that. And he just, like, knows what all the teams have going on. It's like, I completely zoned out of so many of these teams in the offseason. Like, I'm so Blue Jays and really AL East focused that I'm just like, oh, fuck, like, Cleveland did what? Like, Oakland did what? And you just kind of forget. But, yeah, no, it's it's fascinating talking to a guy like that because he really just knows a ton of shit. Anyways, so as he was talking, I whipped out a little notepad. And I was keeping track of all the teams that he said you were, were active worse. listening, right? I was paying attention as I always do. What hes I, I wrote down, I put an, I put all the team's names here and I wrote an X beside the teams who he said were worse than the blue Jays. He promised. He promised.
0: And if he's wrong, just fucking grill the guy on Twitter. Yes,
2: that's what he said well, before we talked, yeah. he said, these are right. No matter what. And if they're wrong, then you can contact fan graphs. You can contact the Zips computer and, you can complain because he promised that this is accurate. So what he told me is that Kansas city, Baltimore, Seattle, Detroit, Oakland, Cleveland, Boston, Texas, and Anaheim are worse than the blue Jays. He does not see those teams as being better than the blue Jays. He promised. And then what he said is in the same category as the blue Jays teams, teams with big upside, some flaws, maybe things go really good. Maybe things go really bad. You can finish somewhere between, you know, 82 and 90 wins. you know. So he's got the Minnesota Twins, those Tampa Bay Rays, the Chicago White Sox, and the Houston Astros. So that's four other teams in the mix with the Blue Jays. The only team that he said was better definitively than the Blue Jays, the New York Yankees. It's only one team.
0: So when you consider the fact that one of the Twins or White Sox are going to win their division, Strohs are going to win their division, we're thinking in terms of the wild card, I mean things always fucking change, but like Two of either the Twins or White Sox again, and then the Jays or Rays are going to make it. Or did I miss someone there?
2: So that's what we're looking at right now. So it's probably. I think he's a little bit low on Oakland, but fair enough. But it kind of looks like. So let's say the White Sox win the Central because Tony Larusa. He's a great manager. He's a cool guy. He. Luis Roberts winning MVP. Drinking and driving. I
0: don't know. All the shitty stuff. Sober's up
2: (laughs) and pulls it together.
0: That was, and that's another one of those things that you look back through the off season and it felt like such was, a long off season to me, but like that whole storyline was just fucking insane. That was Anyways, nice. that was a that's an exciting, y- it's an exciting yeah. young team with a weird old manager.
2: Yeah, he's a kook. And I just imagine him like the White Sox, like hit a, I don't know, a grand slam and they're all celebrating. He comes out with like a rifle on like, and he's like pointing at a guys, and he's like, "Get off my lawn!" And it's like Tony, like, "You understand this is a baseball game and not your personal property." And he's like, "Ah, fuck! Get me a beer." <laughs> Anyways, weird libelous. Where did we go on there. that? I don't know. What are we talking yeah. about? Anyway, uh, so yeah. So the White Sox are going to win the win the Central. They're going to win the Central, <laughs> sure. And Cleveland's not because they don't want to win. They hate they hate winning. They hate baseball, and that would leave Minnesota in the mix with the Blue Jays, and also those pesky Tampa Bay Rays. So the Bluches are in there with Minnesota, one of those dinky ass money ball teams, weird, frustrating team. Tampa, another frustrating team. And we'll probably put Oakland in that category too, because Dan was kind of like unsure with Oakland. They're, they're a bizarre team. So I'd say that they're competing with Tampa, Minnesota, and Oakland, three money ball teams for a wildcard spot.
0: It's going to be fascinating stuff. I got a couple of questions to throw your way, but we're going to get into our uh, our one hot take each segment to finish up our sort of season preview here in episode one of Blue Jays Nation Radio. Now, you threw this out on Twitter, so we got some answers to go through from the old uh, Twitter.com machine. Uh, do you want to go through the answers we got, or do you want to give ours first?
2: Uh, you give yours first. I'm going to pull up Twitter on my thingamajig right here. I'm just getting my other screen on. Okay, I've got it. You, you, go, you go ahead and give your hot take. And then I'll give mine. Then we'll read some ones from the audience.
0: So one of the players that uh, Dan Zips projection was pretty high on was Bo Bichette. And I am also very high on one Bo Bichette. I even looked up the numbers in the sports books to see how close I was to this being hot take and if it borders on hot take material. But I'm going to say Bo Bichette will finish top three in AL MVP voting this year. I think he's going to stay healthy. He's going to be a little bit more disciplined at the plate. Find his Kevin Biggio in him. And I think Bichette's just going to have a monster year. The defensive issues are behind him. All that stuff. Bo Bichette, top three AL MVP voting. That, Cam Lewis, is my hot take. Well, that's a pretty hot take, but I don't think it's that hot because I think all of us are pretty high on Bo Bichette. That's a a medium
2: take. I thought you were going to come in with a hotter take because you're more of a hot take guy than that. I thought you were going to say something weird. Like you were going to be like, oh, like fucking Alec Manoa is going to lead the Blue Jays in saves.
0: I was uh, that was, what of what I so, was like I wrote down a few that I wanted to like test out and get your take on. So like Bichette was the first one I wrote down. Like, give me some other ones. One.
2: I want to know your other ones that you 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 were workshopping or that you were scared to tell me. Manoa's is going to be a key part of the rotation by the end of the year. I'd say bullpen, not rotation. I could see him. I could see okay. him in that multi-innings, multi-innings bullpen role. Not rotation though. They wouldn't do that.
0: You don't think they'd rush him up that quickly? No, that's a stretch. He's been
2: so exciting. He's been so like exciting. He would,
0: he, Manoa just seems like he'd be he'd be
2: cool as fuck coming out
0: in like the seventh
2: inning. You talked when about Robbie
0: been... Ray looking sick. Like Manoa would be sick coming he out of the pen. Good. Yeah, that'd be, he'd cool be cool. sweet. That
2: guy has a good energy. I, I appreciate that.
0: What else do you got? What other weird things? Vlad to lead the league and lead the American League in home runs. Uh he, he's starting okay. to get the ball in the air more. He's hitting yes. the ball hard. He hit that 114 mile an hour dinger the other day. Um, again, that I was not. I looked at this
2: same like that home run it's that fucking, was out of
0: control. He's 70 to one right now on some sports books to do it. So I went ahead, I put some money on this thing. Cause I was like, How How much money man? On it? just a couple bucks, oh, Okay, nothing too nuts. I wasn't putting like a hundred dollars on Vlad to win the home run race. I'm not stupid, uh, but like there is, I think a slight chance that maybe he goes off this year. Like we we were talking about it before we started recording the podcast, but you mentioned that might've even been one of your X factors was like Vlad going supernova. <laughs> That's exactly it. And that's what I was going to say is my
2: my bold take was going to be that Vlad eclipses a 1,000 OPS this year.
0: Okay. I
2: don't know if it's that hot of a take,
0: but I... Well, like, that's, I think that's in the range of my Bichette take. Yeah, it's kind of similar, but I, I don't know. Like,
2: I guess I'm pretty realistic when it comes to shit, but I'm I really started drinking this Vlad Kool-Aid. Like, I, 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 I should know better to not look that far into spring stats. It doesn't mean anything. Guys are getting warmed up. It's a joke. But he looks so good. So, so good. Not just good hitting, but like he looks good. Like he looks svelte. He looks like he's in great shape. He looks happy. He just looks like he's going to have an unbelievably good season. And I would love that for him. And I would love what that would do for the Toronto Blue Jays. I think he'll put up a 1000 OPS and it will be cool as fuck.
0: The big problem, correct me if I'm wrong, has always been he's just mashing balls into the dirt, right? Yep. The launch angle's up. That's exciting. Like that, there is like, I know it's spring training or whatever, but it's not just the results. It's how he's getting the results. That is, Mm -hmm. that like has me feeling a certain type of way about what Vlad could do this year.
2: That's what the experts keep saying. I mean, I'm not an expert. I don't know launch angles
0: and I'm not an expert either. That's the whole point of this podcast. I don't understand
2: trigonometry. It's confusing. Um, I don't understand many things. But what I do understand is that people are saying that if Vlad is in better shape, that means he can lift the ball more. And he already hits the ball hard. So as long as he's lifting it, that's cool. So now he's in great shape. He's going to put up a 1,000 OPS. He's going to, you know, put together the best season offensively we've seen since Jose hit 54 dangers in
0: 2010. Damn. What do uh, what are the people saying on Twitter? What are some of the hot takes we are getting in? I saw, um, I, I browsed at them. I saw a lot about one Alejandro Kirk. Lots of Alejandro Kirk hype. Um,
2: this one person uh, at long leaps says, Reese McGuire is going to win the World Series MVP.
0: Yeah, that's not happening.
2: I don't I don't think that's accurate, but you never know. Like maybe he-, he gets put on waivers and he gets picked up by somebody somebody who is okay with his parking lot escapades and they're more interested
0: in that. Well, is it is it smart to lose him for nothing? Like, is it just one of those things that, like, you have Jansen, you have Kirk, you uh, don't really give a shit. Like, is he just a nothing I I player now? It really matters, to be honest.
2: Like, I mean, I of the Blue okay. Jays from an office is very, like, asset management oriented, but is it that hard to go and pick up, like, Jeff Mathis in free agency? Is that any different?
0: I, and that's kind of where I was going with this was, are you concerned if you lose him for nothing that if one of Kirk or Jansen goes down, like, you need to go find a free agent because you're probably not just going to... Like, Riley Adams? Are you putting Riley Adams Probably on the Major League roster know, this year?
2: Bring Caleb Joseph back. I don't know. Like, yeah, He seemed like he really enjoyed being a Blue Jay last year. He's giving motivational speeches. It was pretty exciting, kind of fun. Yeah. I was like, I don't know. I just don't want to not have Alejandro Kirk on the team because we've got a lot of people. Uh, a Kansas City Royals fan, for some reason, is in the mentions. That makes sense. Weird. Um, yeah, Loyal Royal says, Captain Kirk, Rookie of the Year, even if he starts in AAA. But please don't start him in AAA.
0: How far fetched is that? In in the range of me saying Manoa is gonna be in the rotation to Beau Bichette top three AL MVP. Where does the Kirk rookie of the year conversation fall into that like fucking stupid spectrum I just came a, up with? Like a
2: like a pretty big that's, that's lofty. But, but also like the thing with Kirk is that you know these are voted for by media members, right? And Kirk's got a lot of hype around his name. People really like the guy. Like he's um the storyline that wins. goes
0: along with it is yeah. like charming it's funny
2: yeah i think he's 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 just got you know i don't know people he just seems like a he's got got like a big fan favorite aesthetic to him and i think a lot of people even outside of toronto will get into that so like mm-hmm. i don't know maybe sure why not fuck it like <laughs> well aliando kirk MVP are not MVP sorry rookie of the year that's that's cool i'm, a, I'm into that uh here's another one um matt plan moden says that joe biden won't finish his term as president
0: where did that come Holy shit. I don't know. Where are you getting these from? Are these all on Twitter?
2: Yeah, these are in the mentions on Twitter. Okay. So
0: I don't, yeah, maybe that happens. I don't know. I like this one from uh, Christopher Pedler at K Pedler. Julian Merriweather makes an incredible spot start to replace an injured pitcher and stays in the rotation the rest of the year.
2: So he's replacing probably Robbie Ray then next week. And he kills it. <laughs> Throws like seven innings of one hit ball. And everyone's like, yes. Josh Johnson, who? And then he's <laughs> really good. And everyone's happy. Would you trade Julian Merriweather for Josh Donaldson right now?
0: Would you? Mm, no. You wouldn't,
2: give, you wouldn't give the Minnesota Twins a ring on your cell phone and say, we want the bringer of rain back in Dunedin. I Would love Would you Jamie, take man. one Julian Merriweather? So you prefer the, the the weather to be merry than the rain?
0: That's a funny line. That's um, good, huh? Hey? I just mean, thought of that.
2: That's great. Good for me. I, I,
0: I take the chances on Merriweather this year.
2: Uh, okay, so Ethan Bedouza said that Troy Tulowitzki was a better like shortstop that. than Derek Jeter. Everyone knows that Derek Jeter fucking sucked.
0: Yeah, that's that's a lukewarm take. Well, that's just like a take. I, 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 that doesn't even come on the hot take spectrum. Derek Jeter it's wasn't
2: just... even a real player. People just imagined him. He's Who a, that Marlins executive? Yeah, I don't know. I, nothing. <laughs> Didn't even win an MVP. Never made an All Star game. Never won a World Series. I don't know. Troy Tulowitzki better, easy, no problem. Okay, I like uh, this hot... one
0: from from Tim Moore. Yeah. Hot take. Marcus Simeon will be the Jays' best overall hitter this year. He followed it up by saying, if this take happens, either A, the Jays would be the best offensive team in baseball, or B, the season has gone to shit. Um, I like this take. I actually, this is another one I kind of had written down. It felt like the Simeon signing almost got buried a little bit in the Springer news, but, or like, you know, he was in that shadow in terms of big offseason acquisitions, but. You talked about how Robbie Ray was good just a couple of years ago. Simeon's also been very, very good not that long ago. I I think that was a really, really sharp signing. This is true. I'm looking at the MVP race
2: from the 2019 season, Mm -hmm. and the winner was uh, Mike Trout. And according to Baseball Reference, that's just what I have open right now. Trout was worth 8.2 wins. Bregman finished second, 9.1 wins. And in third place was Marcus Simeon, worth 8.9 wins. Popping up a 8.92 OPS, uh, 33 dingers in Oakland—that's pretty impressive. Yeah, hitting in a fucking cave.
0: And, so if he does—if he does half of that this year, if he gets—if he contributes like four and a half wins, the Jays are thrilled with that signing, are they no, not? Absolutely. And because he's also
2: um, the thing with him is he also can be qualified so that they can bring him back next year for like the same contract. So that's really good. That's a that's a that's a great look for them.
0: I think amongst like casual fans or like what was grabbing the headlines, that one didn't really like shake. Oh, no, not at all. The, it didn't grab the headlines that Springer did, but like that has a chance to be a fucking great signing, man.
2: Oh, yeah. And, and, and he was uh, good in the playoffs last year, too. Like, uh, so they beat the, they won the, um, the wild card series, the, against the White mm-hmm. Sox, and he went three for 12 with a dinger. That's pretty good. And then in the next round against Houston, they lost, but he was really good. He went eight for 15 with the dinger, um, three walks, no strikeouts.
0: That's really, really
2: good. Yeah. I mean, how much, I mean, to be optimistic, like how much stock can you really put into last year's numbers? Right. Like the season was kind of a joke. Like nobody had a spring training. There was no, for the most part, no fans. Like, I don't know. Like it was just a weird year, right? So like he had a down year. Don't look too much into it. 60 game season, like a 15 game cold streak is like, a quarter of your season. So, I mean, sure, let's say that Marcus Semyon bounces back, puts up like an 800 OPS. That's sick. That's great.
0: The uh, the last thing I wanted to ask you about before we wrap up episode one of the podcast here, let's fast forward. Let's go through some weird sort of portal where we are at deadline day and the Jays are like right there in contention. You know, maybe the AL East is still somewhat reachable. Going back to the hot take, someone else uh, at Jimbo Nose 27. He said the AL East title will still be up for grabs in the last three game series of the season. Um, Let's go through the time machine. Let's jump forward. They might catch the AL East. They're really in the wildcard hunt on deadline day or around there in the weeks following up or leading up. What are they looking for at the deadline? Is it pitching? Uh, Are they going to be going in there with just, we need starting pitching or will they be looking like, Hey, fuck, let's get another bat here.
2: It's going to be, I think. So last year's deadline and also 2016's deadline were fairly similar. remember 2016, you know, Way early, they went out and got Jason Grilly, and then later on, it was getting, like, Joaquin Benoit, BJ Upton, uh, DeAndre Navarro, like, just rounding out your depth, right? Mm-hmm. And that was the same thing with last year. Tywin Walker was the big get because he needed a starter, and then it was grabbing random guys. like Jonathan Bellar, uh, you know, uh, Stripling was more of a long-term acquisition. Ray, um, this and that. But I do think, uh, they'll add depth this year again where they need it, but I think this year... Come trade deadline time, they'll probably try and add a big veteran starter. And if if I had a prediction, I don't know if this is based on anything or just, like, me roster baiting and me wanting something is, I think, if the Washington Nationals are, again, dog shit this year, go out and get Max Scherzer. Wow. He's impending free agent, just, you know, just an unbelievably good competitor, just, like, great postseason stats in his career, just seems like it'd be an amazing addition to the rotation. That's, I don't know. I would love to see that personally. I, I, there's, there's no basis to that. That's just something that I want. I, I should have just prefaced it and been like, that'd be cool.
0: Yeah. Um, I I'm, that. I went and looked up who are the pending free agents starting pitchers right now. I mean, yeah. hey, Marcus Stroman, deadline. Day ex- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's a thing that's going to happen. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. That'd be interesting. It'll be a fun season uh, to go through here. I think they're going to win a lot of like what I call heart attack games where it's like 8-7 where like they're up 6-2 and then they have like a dog shit inning and it's like the 8th inning and you're like fuck they need to score two runs here and like, I think it's going to be a lot of that.
2: Like oh yeah like like exactly what their spring training game was on yeah. Friday. They just like randomly like you know, it wasn't very good and then all of a sudden they just tee off and score like four runs and you're like oh cool. It's going to it's going to be it's going to feel like more than 162 games.
0: Yeah. That's for sure. But it's going to be a blast. Uh, We're going to be be here for the whole ride. New episodes every Monday of Blue Jays Nation Radio. Coombsy, this was a ton of fun. Can't wait to do it again in seven days. Absolutely.
2: Enjoy the the random sporadic weather that Edmonton offers you while I enjoy my spring.
0: Yeah, I absolutely will not. Uh, This has been episode one of Blue Jays Nation Radio. He's Cam Lewis. I'm Tyler Rumchuk. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you again next week.
2: Thanks for tuning in to Blue
0: Jays Nation Radio. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode.
1: Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.